Alright, welcome back to another episode of Oh, oh My Geekers. Geekers. We are, uh, as of this recording, only six days away from the next season of Mandalorian, season two. Um, we wanted to just kind of uh, talk a little bit about it. We started rewatching uh, season one in preparation for uh, season two coming out, or at least the first debut episode. And uh, we wanted to maybe recap. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably have already seen it. Um, so warning. Probably recapping too. Yeah. So, you know, um, I guess. If you haven't seen it. Stop this. <laughs> go order Disney Plus and watch it. Just binge. You'll be done in about, what, six hours? Something six like hours. that. You know, you've been warned. There are probably spoilers. We probably will talk about things that you'll be like, oh, man, if you haven't um, already seen season one. So even if you even if you have seen season one, there will be things that will spoil because uh, we're geeks. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about things that appear in other Star Wars. Right. So I have fair warning. Um I, I I hesitate to say this, but I still have not seen the entire um, Clone Wars series. Um, I don't even remember no, where no. I stopped watching it. So Zeke is way ahead of me here. Um, he has also read a, a lot of legends and um, has a lot of knowledge outside of the uh, the trilogies and even man the Mandalorian series. Even and the I canon. And he's an avid collector of um, kind of all things star wars encyclopedias and stuff so he knows a lot about a lot of stuff star wars so um just be warned there there's going to be a high level of nerdage here but just recapping uh season one zeke kind of give me your thoughts what did you think about the show overall what were you expecting and did it deliver well the first season was re- really good like it's it's a it's a nice sort of break from the sequels i will say amen to that yeah we did get uh solo and uh rogue one i don't know why people didn't like solo but i, I don't think they actually even saw it but uh everybody can agree that rogue one was good yes uh force awakens was okay but it you know it's just a repeat of episode four yes unfortunately yeah and then episode eight it it, i will say it does have iconic stuff like uh holdo barging into the uh star destroyer but of course it had bad story and bad characters and of course there were things that okay this is like you could tell that the trilogy is going in the direction of trying to copy the original trilogy Mm -hmm. and then with episode nine i i thought it was good at first but now Mm. that i just look back at it it's it's a mess. It's more of like a Marvel movie than a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's a complete, it's a complete, complete mess. Um, I'd have to agree with Zeke on just the uh, the newer trilogy. Um, you know, they had to do Force Awakens, I guess, the way they had to do it to kind of introduce the new generation of fans. And um, as far as uh, Last Jedi goes, there were moments where it was pretty awesome. Um but it's just unfortunately overtaken or overshadowed by the fact that uh, there's just a lot of um, unnecessary character development, new characters that just don't really add anything and uh, don't in the, I mean, you know, we were hoping they, it would go somewhere, but then, you know, anyone that's seen um, the last Jedi just knows the, or the um, rise of Skywalker knows that yeah the characters really don't go anywhere and you're just kind of um left disappointed it's a big retcon yeah it's a huge disappointment but as far as mandalorian goes zeke what what were you expecting were you nervous you know uh, (laughs) were you nervous knowing where things had gone 
um, because by this time we had all seen uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, the Rise of Skywalker came in the middle, though. Oh, that's right. It came. Sorry. So, but we did see uh, uh, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And did you? What were you thinking going into it? Did were you? Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts? So, I wasn't really that disappointed because. I, I I mean I wasn't that uh uh I wasn't coming into it uh with uh skepticism uh because uh of course after uh Last Jedi came out uh Solo came out and of course I as people know they advertised for it Ron like funniest Star Wars yet uh. Uh, guy doesn't even look like Han Solo, but when you get to the story, it's it's pretty good. I That's I was solid. yeah, and solid. I, I I was actually surprised by ev- uh, all they did right, and the final plot twist uh, really added up. It might have not added up for people who hadn't seen uh, Clone Wars, but watching uh rebels and watching uh mostly uh clone wars you could tell uh that uh, like it it was solid already but when they put in the plot twist i was like oh that makes complete sense and what plot twist twist are you well well, that spoiler alert again. Spoiler alert again. But Darth Maul had uh, had reappeared for the first time in a movie. Now, of course, if anyone had seen uh, Clone Wars, you would have known, or Rebels, you would have known that Darth Maul had survived and actually had a pretty major a major plot, plot arc. Mm-hmm. But he had survived Episode One. And, uh, he went through this whole, like, revenge story, uh, and, uh, other, uh, plot arcs in Rebels. Uh, this is between Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, we were just joined by, uh, Elias. Elias, can you say hello and introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Elias. Yeah, he wanted to come in and join our our conversation. You may recognize him from uh, the Tolkien episode we did. Oh yeah, I forgot he was uh, he was in that episode. So Elias is back. He heard us talking about Star Wars and wanted to come and join the conversation. And we were talking about Rebels and the or um, I'm sorry, uh, Darth Maul being in um, Solo and him also having a major role in the clone wars and rebels and so that's where we were at yeah it was it, everything added up to it they incorporated a lot of facts from uh uh star wars uh clone wars and they also used uh elements from legends with the teres kasi which is a form of uh martial arts used to defend against jedi uh and like at the very end of solo when they revealed Darth Maul you're like oh that makes perfect sense uh some other people didn't get it uh that mm, I it's don't not their know. fault but you know it, it okay so we're going way off subject from <laughs> Mandalorian but so. yeah yeah S- solo was a uh, restored my faith in uh, Star Wars uh, and Mandalorian. I thought that Mandalorian was going to be uh, set in between episode four and episode five. Uh, or no, not episode three and episode four. Uh, sort of in that time frame. Uh, but it happens to be actually... Uh, five years after episode uh, six. Oh, well, so if it's five years after episode six, does that mean, does that mean that um, Baby Yoda was alive 
during episode four? Or he was alive during episode one. Yeah, so Whoa. just so everyone is kind of clear on Baby Yoda, um, they do mention in the first episode of Mandalorian season one that he is 50 years old, which would put him back during the time where um, Qui-Gon Jinn um, was still alive. And so just so anyone knows that, you know, might ha- not have seen the show yet or doesn't understand kind of the timeline of things. So as Zeke was explaining, it's five years after the destruction of the second Death Star. So this is happening in between Return of the Jedi and Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. So at this point in history, the Star Wars history, Ray is probably a little girl, right? No, she she was born uh, six years after the Battle of oh, Endor. Okay, so she's not... She's not even born yet. So this is kind of crazy. So Ray um, isn't even alive at the time of Baby Yoda. Real quick, I I was um, thinking about this earlier, about Baby Yoda. Um, Well, the child. They haven't given a name yet. But um, I was wondering about um, how in the episodes where you have Yoda... I was wondering, is it that species culture where their name begins with a Y? Because there's Yoda and then another Jedi, which is a female species called Yaddle. Yeah, Um, that's really not known. Uh, The baby Yoda thing, or the child as the official name is called, the Yeah, his name is not Baby Yoda, by the way. The director's hack actually had to chastise the uh, Disney uh, CEO for calling him a baby Yoda because he's not, they didn't want him to associate baby Yoda with Yoda. So the internet kind of dubbed him baby Yoda, but he doesn't have an official name outside of the child, the child, which is the name of episode two of season one Mandalorian. So um, going back, Zeke, what were your thoughts? You were disappointed by, um, well, you were, you were, yeah, you were pleasantly surprised by Solo. I think (laughs) hands down, most fans really liked Rogue One, even though a lot of people were confused by where all all the new fans, all the new fans were kind of confused. Where does Jin Erso and all this stuff. Like, where's Ray and Finn in the trailer? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't really get that this was, you know, happening back before New Hope. But um, so you were you were surprised pleasantly that Solo was good. So you thought, okay, there's hope for there's a hope story for here. And Star Wars. Wars. You know, we just sat down and watched most of season one last night. Most of season. Um, can you remember? that first episode and your thoughts well it kind of began with the usual uh tropes that are going on with the sort of uh the scoundrelish character the uh i've seen everything i'm the best uh uh mercenary type sort of character Kind of, kind of cowboy for kind anyone of cow- that hasn't cowboy. seen it. He had a very um, cowboy feel to him. Yeah, he, they're going he was, for that. He was like a, maybe John Wayne or um, Clint Eastwood style cowboy bounty hunter in space. Yeah, yeah, and of course he has the Mandalorian suit, so we kind of know what his background is. I mean, and real quick, maybe discuss that. For our listeners, um, so, what is a Mandalorian and where does Boba Fett fit into all of this? So it's kind of fuzzy where Boba Fett fits in. Uh, he's more of just a bounty hunter. He's a clone, so he's just basically a template of Jango Fett. Uh, Jango Fett, it's unknown what he sort of is, but... Uh, I think he rejected the Mandalorians. Uh, this is at least according to legends. He just has the, uh, uh, has the 
uh, helmet and gear. Uh, he comes from Concord Dawn, I believe. And what's but wasn't, that? Um, go ahead, No, go ahead. Wasn't, but wasn't Django Fett a foundling too? No, he's not a foundling. But uh, I thought he wasn't Mandalorian. It's kind of fuzzy on what and is and what is not a Mandalorian. Well, then what is he? Uh, he's just described uh, of as a bounty hunter. And so what did you just say? Dawn? What? Uh, Concord Dawn. And what is that? It's a system in the Mandalorian system. It's a planet. It's actually, according to Rebels, you like see it and it's like, so raged on in war that it's like broken up half the planet is broken hmm. yeah it's like it looks like you took a a globe and just shattered one side yeah so the reason for that is the mandalorians and the mandalorians are basically a bunch of jango fett and boba fett except without the uh they're mostly in there for they're not bounty hunters inherently but of course the mandalorian in this one is a bounty hunter but uh they're based off of vikings or trojans or greeks they're basically the warrior a warrior nation and which is why he's so good at fighting. Why, why they're all so good at fighting. And, like, if you don't fight, you're a chicken. Hmm. And, uh, so... So are you saying that this is a violent show? Well, not, not as violent as some <laughs> It other is Star one, Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> so just be advised, uh, that, Aaron. uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um gunslinging and beating up and stabbing and um you know no more than any good <laughs> cowboy show i guess oh um another thing that i wanted to talk about was the signets when like when um he got the mudhorn as his signet well on boba fett's costume it looks like there's a signet but it's a mythosaur yeah, that's just sort of there to show that he kind of comes from that background. It just come from that background, not uh, follow it, but uh, giving off subject were... Uh, so, with... What was my train of thought? What we were talking about again? Signets. No, not signets. Oh, before that, we were talking about how it's kind of more cowboy. Yeah, uh just mandalorians altogether uh there were a lot of uh history explained in uh clone wars and basically uh their uh race has gone through several coups uh darth maul was actually a part of those coups but it was basically uh, new Mandalorians, which were pac a pacifist people, against the old Mandalorians. And then the old Mandalorians triumphed uh, through political uh, gain. And uh, it's very complicated. But uh, by the time we get to a Mandalorian... Uh, most Mandalorian warriors, at least, are uh, wiped out for some reason. Mm. So in the first episode, you do see that he goes underground and um, he's greeted by, I guess, someone the who, armorer. The armor, and um... her horn. The the horns look like Darth Maul's. Um horns yeah she's wearing like a helmet that has uh you know horns on it so she's probably of that species but um not that species it was just a reverence for darth maul 
Oh, okay. There were war people. They got wiped out uh, uh, during this. Uh, he's one of the remaining few uh, that survived what is called the Great Purge, which is where the empire before its fall basically uh, killed a bunch of uh, Mandalorian warriors. And that's why it's rare to see a Mandalorian. And that's uh, yeah, kind of everywhere he goes. People are looking at him a little weird, like not weird, but they're, they're surprised to see him not because he's there for them or because he's there to get uh, them. Yeah. To get them or anything like that. But he, he turns heads because everyone's of the assumption that his species was, or his people were wiped out. And Fennec even, uh, you, you, you can't really explain what Fennec is. Oh, assassin. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was, she was talking about something else. Oh, well, oh she, yes, she, she was said. talking about how, because when she saw the Mandalorian, she said it was a long time since she'd seen their type. When she was talking to Galakan, um, she was saying that the reason that she assumed that he was the one who shot up the guild at Navarro was because you don't really see that many Mandalorians in that time. And um, all, all of the people in, Mandalor- in the Mandalorian kind of like didn't, were, were like surprised because, and they even mentioned it a lot, but like, when when you're watching the Mandalorian, I, well for me I I always think like I, like I forget what time period it's in, cause like I see all the trees in, in that episode with the ATST and I kind of like forget that this is after Endor. So that's a. But good... I'm getting off subject. So real quick, um, does does it feel like Star Wars? Seek. It does feel like Star Wars. Which right. was a complaint about the the new trilogies that that they didn't. There was it something off about it. Feel like Star Wars? It felt the last two ones, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker felt a lot like Marvel. Uh, I can't really put my finger on Last Jedi, but mm. I suspect it kind of feels like Star Trek for some reason. Mm. Ouch. So um, so it feels like Star Wars. You know you're in Star Wars. And does it does it deliver? Like, like you've seen all the episodes. Were you excited, um, you know, to see? And maybe you could talk a little bit about Mando's... Um, character arc but what what were your thoughts what were your overall thoughts of of that first season uh the first season it it was really like star wars it it had that feel to it it was this sense of diversity uh but not fake diversity not like fake diversity it was just like something you just see if you did have interstellar space travel at that uh, speed. Right. Uh, they weren't trying to force anything down your throat. It was just kind of like uh, there was there was a you know what I appreciated about it was there seemed to be little exposition. And we got a little bit too much too much exposition in the the last, last two the last two um films it, it just seemed like they like, were forcing forcing like, things that um you're like let's like the guy who picked up the thing and he was like salt <laughs> yeah that's a small little one but um there just seemed like at every turn 
they were explaining something to you. Like that, Star Trek. That, yeah, like Canto Bite, right? Um, they just explained things that didn't need, like, just show us, don't tell us, right? And I think Star Wars, the first three, um, you know. The original trilogy. The original trilogy didn't didn't explain didn't kill anything. us with exposition and that's what i like about um the mandalorian is there's not a lot of exposition you actually have to think uh you have to remember okay this is the time period i'm in i'm in and uh they keep you really guessing like who is this baby yoda why does this warlord want him what does the empire want with him um or the new order i don't know what they're referred to in this episode i forget or in this series but um kind of like what what is his what is this child's purpose well they did mention that they were gonna extract extract something something from him and the scientist had a um cloning insignia yeah oh that's something that i didn't notice and where zeke was pointing out last night speak a little bit about that zeke yeah so wow we kind of get off subject off timeline but anyways uh uh, Dr. Pershing, he's this guy with glasses. Uh, he's a paranoid guy, but on his uh, on his in, uh, shoulder, there's an insignia, which hasn't really been seen anywhere else except in episode two on Camino, which indicates that he is... And in Clone Wars. Yeah, and, and in Clone Wars at some points. But it really shows that this person may have something to do with uh cloning or at least dna and biology uh so it's safe to assume that they want to maybe clone baby yoda or integrate midi calorians yeah what i i thought they were gonna do was i thought that they were gonna extract his force and do what they did on an episode of Clone Wars, where they took force out of Gungans and injected it into themselves. Well, that was sort of different. That yeah. was a sort of, and it wasn't Gungans. It was, thought, it was another thing. Uh, Jar Jar was in that one. But I thought there was. It was another. It was another force sensitive thing, and that had. It wasn't really so like in that. the Star Wars universe. Is that even possible to extract midichlorians and give them to a non force sensitive being? Presumably, in Legends, it actually causes it, it causes insanity. They tried to clone someone called Galen Merrick in Legends, and it led to these uh, zombie like. Uh, clones hmm. of himself uh, that you have to fight in the video game. Uh, yeah, and and just for anyone that maybe doesn't know what Legends is, uh, what Legends is, go ahead and explain so, a little bit. And... I think it was during 2014. Uh, Disney had bought the rights to Star Wars, and there was a lot of history in Star Wars. A lot of history. A lot of history. So there so just just so it may be the uninitiated there are tons of books comics video games video games that mostly are, video games yeah a lot of video games and a lot of this is considered or was considered canon canon which means it was all integrated within the Star Wars universe each story touched on another or was somehow connected to a plot except for the christmas special except for the christmas special which we won't talk about but they um when disney bought, bought the rights they did away with zeke they couldn't uh make any story lest it would break canon unless they did it in the very distant past or the very distant future which of course if it was in the very distant future it it's kind of hard to think of a time mm. uh 
beyond Star Wars. Plus, they had to do it in a way that would reintroduce everyone to these characters that we always wondered what happened to Princess Leia, what happened to Han Solo, and, and all these characters that we all kind of grew up with and wanted, you know, had a had a interest in. Um, so when Legends came about, or when Legends was kind of tossed aside, they kind there of... There was a new canon. There was a new canon, and just so that everyone knows, again, all these video games, all these comic books, they're all intertwined and there was actually a person that was employed by Lucasfilm. I think it was called the Keeper of the Holocron. Right. And his job, his sole job was to um, keep all the stories and all the um, characters straight. So that, you know, if you had, if you were, say, an author brought, brought on by um, Lucasfilm, you could go to this guy and say, hey, I want to write a you know, comic book in this time, can you help me out? And he would let you know, oh, okay, well, you know, you can't do this. You can't but do, you can this do this because this technology doesn't exist yet, but you can do this. And these are the characters you might want to use. I mean, this was, this was, this guy was on another level as far as star Wars knowledge. And he actually was just, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Zeke, he was just a super fan, right? He's that, just a super fan. He's got a YouTube channel. I think it's called Star Wars Explained. We'll have to put a link for that in, in the show notes. But he actually uh, was just so um, knowledgeable about the Star Wars universe that Lucasfilm hired him because they knew he knew his stuff and they knew he was passionate about the universe and, and hired him to just kind of keep the story altogether because he had pretty much memorized everything about what happens when he dies well uh, they well, already let him go. well they already <laughs> let him go talking to the microphone Elias. well like do they just find another super fan i don't know Have what they, they do now I, I don't know they don't just know they let him go because they weren't going to be doing legends anymore or they weren't yeah they were taking a lot of things out of canon and so when did he they was, let him go don't remember we have to look him up we'll have to put in the show notes a little you know link to his channel or or a little blurb about him so they're not gonna do anything from legends anymore well they'll they'll integrate aspects of legends right uh, and they have like little stickers that say legends and you get to see the legends timeline but i don't think that they write any more legends books or do any Legends video games. They canceled this uh, game called uh, 1313 uh, because it... It was in production, it was in production when during... Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, which everyone was super excited about because it talked about... Boba Fett. Boba Fett, and it talked about the um, underground world beneath Corellia, uh, Coruscant. Uh, Coruscant. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of history within Star Wars and a lot of, um, there, there's just a, there's, it's such a deep and rich story. And um, I think that the Mandalorian is a good bridge between what Star Wars was and hopefully where they'll, possibly take it if they decide to do anything past Ray's lineage or you know that I hope whole. they don't get into more sequels at that time period because it doesn't really add up it doesn't feel like Star Wars and I hope they don't do what Ryan Johnson is reportedly doing like doing a Star Wars outside of the Star Wars galaxy ugh because it's just not Star Wars. Right. It's not Star Wars. You should just build upon what you already have. They're, they're doing or tell a, the backstories. Yeah, they're doing a new uh, uh, book series, I believe. It's called The High Republic. And it gets into the time before episode one, which they haven't really explored during... Uh, Disney's new canon, but they're exploring that now. Uh, and like a younger Yoda 
and that'd be cool yeah not to get too far off subject but what's your favorite star wars book for all the readers out there that let's just say let's say favorite book right Mm -hmm. but also someone who is not as you know maybe they haven't watched clone wars didn't even know about rebels hasn't seen mandalorian maybe maybe they have but they're not as um into it let's say as you are a good book to their introduce them introduce them into what is outside of say the prequels and the original trilogy and the last three disasters well it's kind of hard to say I-, I can with legends i could say hands down the Thrawn trilogy hmm. uh with Timothy Zion uh uh the heir to the empire heir to the empire is good yeah i think that was that was right after return of the jedi right after return of the jedi one of the yes i really actually first... wish they would have just followed that story cuz i thought it was really cool cuz in that story leia has re- she has twins she marries han solo has twins they're force sensitive. Um, well, I don't want to get too into it, but it's pretty good. You get to see um, where Chewbacca's from. Um, not that you haven't already seen it in um, episode two, but it goes a little bit more into detail. Um, uh, it, was just, it was just a cool book. Actually, that was like one of the first books that I read. Actually, the only book I think I read about Star Wars after um, Return of the Jedi. But yeah. Wait, did you say episode two? uh episode three he meant oh so that's right it's episode three sorry yeah so yeah that that, that's a good wondering what you meant that's a good legends yeah that is a good one and and i think if anyone saw the first original uh the first three movies you could easily slide right into that book and kind of know where everything fits and it's just a good it's just a good story with 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 canon uh it's hard to say but they uh, Timothy Zion also has a new Thrawn trilogy. Uh, I, I don't know what the first one is, but there's also other ones like a Padme Amidala trilogy. There's the Darth Vader comics. Uh, they have a lot of things on Darth Vader uh, comic books about him meeting uh, Padme's double and whatnot. Uh, and sort of the psychological uh things that darth vader had to go through after episode three so it gets into that stuff so yeah so elias any predictions with the new season um we've gone a little off subject but mandalorian season two what do you predict well or what would you like to see what would i like to see and maybe any predictions you want to hit us with predictions um, there was the, um, when they were on the boat, the big boat thing. In the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, no, wait, sec- third episode, I think, when he came aim back and brought the child to the Empire when he left back to the bar um he got another bounty puck and it had this weird fish alien was it an ocean place an ocean Mon pen? Calamari Mon Calamari yeah and so it's a trap <clears throat> yeah the, those people those people Admiral yeah. Akbar's people uh, and that they they were on a fishing uh, vessel, I believe, and uh, some of the species on that vessel are from that planet. Uh, so it could be a reasonable explanation. Like he that... needs more money, and so he goes for that. Yeah. And then. Because you do see in the very first shot that his um, ship, the Razor Crest, is damaged. Yeah, but that's on another planet, presumably. Right, yeah. but he might need money to repair a ship, so 
Go ahead. Know. Another prediction. The blue, the blue. Oh yeah, that alien with gills that he um captured in the first in episode. The first episode is either either they're gonna twist it and it's gonna be just a different species, or he's back. And either he knows they need him for a guide mm. or something else. Or maybe he knows what species Baby Yoda is. Or really so a couple, a couple things real quick. Um, Boba Fett, yes, no? Does it come back? Um, I would say yes. I don't know. The, the, I think that it's hard to tell these days. Not that he comes back, but for anyone that doesn't know, he survived the Sarlacc when he fell um, I, in Return pre- of the Jedi. Presumably. So Wait, it's kind of hard. I thought they announced that he was going to be in it. It's kind of hard to say. I don't think they have. I think they've kind of left it up to everyone's imagination. But well, in, you heard the boots. In, well, well, so the boots. in the episode, The Gunslinger, the very last scene in that episode... There's a shadowy figure that walks up to the uh, the body of Fenric Sean, and there's spurs clinking, which and goes back to episode, episode five. five, right? And someone's wearing a cape, and you don't see them, but maybe it's maybe it's him. I don't know. And then you've got Ahsoka, who's coming back. They they that is a, a, for, a for sure. Ahsoka was a Anakin's Padawan in the Clone Wars series. She had a, a lot to do with the last season of Clone Wars, which had a lot of, to do with uh, the planet of Mandalore uh, and that oh, history. Yeah, in Bo-Katan. Uh, so do you think they know each other? Leader. Um, Ahsoka has connections with the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, knows about uh two mandalorians uh there is uh sort of unanswered questions in rebels it's sort of like left left at a cliffhanger uh because uh the main character uh is missing so the last scene of rebels is Ahsoka and another Mandalorian going out to find the main character. And so th- this is within that time frame. Right. So you could say that. So will she have a major role or a minor role, do you think? I would say a minor role. Okay. Because uh, from what we know about. Uh, uh, the Mandalorian's character is that he's a loner he doesn't really he doesn't really roll with anyone roll with anyone Uh, the closest he's come to is trying to get uh, the quill the pig guy to be a crew member but Mm. uh, he hasn't really uh, set up a crew beyond that so do you think (laughs) <laughs> Baby Yoda's is part of his crew. Do you think he sets up a crew? Do you think you start to see him, I guess, form an alliance with... Um, Grief Karga yeah. and Kala Dune? Um, maybe. Maybe. We, we do see a few episodes where he's alone. So maybe mid-season or season finale. I... Oh, another prediction that I forgot is um i predict that they're gonna do something where um baby yoda gets captured in an episode well they did that no no in in that he handed baby yoda over but i think that baby yoda is gonna get captured and they're gonna just leave you at a cliffhanger Either at the end of an episode or at the end of the season, he's gonna get captured. At the mm. end of the season would be really cool because oh, everyone would be freaking out. Yeah, and it just gets everybody excited for 
the next season because they want to see what happens to the child. At the end of season one, you see the dark saber. A black lightsaber, that is. A black lightsaber. Um, explain what that is and how it, how that all yeah, works so... and what it would mean to Mando. So when the at the end we see this uh crashed tie fighter of the new uh villain who replaced the uh season one villain uh the season one villain was uh the client he was the guy that talks like this (laughs) yeah but he was axed uh in the previous episode which uh made way for the moff gideon was better don't you agree (sighs) yeah Moff Gideon, he he's a strategic warlord. Uh, he's just actually plain creepy. Yeah. Uh, when you think about it, because like he, it said that when in the last episode, those stormtroopers that were on the speeder bikes, when they were on the intercom, it said that he killed people for interrupting. Yeah, and yeah, so he's kind of a psychopath. Yeah, and apparently he faked his death. Uh, they said that uh, Cara Dune said, "Wait a minute, but that can't be Moff Gideon because he was executed for war crimes. So to fake your death in like hologram land is pretty elaborate. You have to." So he's a smart dude. He's a smart dude. And he's got the black star, the the, yeah, the dark so saber. He, he crashed. Uh, he's stuck in his TIE fighter. His, he, he cut, cut his, his way, way out. out with the Darksaber. And his TIE fighter was upside down. Yes, yes. That's why he had to cut his way out. So like, so that's the final scene of season one. Yeah. and The s- history of the Darksaber? Yeah. So like, the, he, um, uh, can I explain? Cause go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the Darksaber started when... A Mandalorian who had midi chlorians um was, became a Jedi and you know how each Jedi has to build a lightsaber. He built his lightsaber and it was the dark saber. And so he was basically a force wielding Mandalorian. When he died, the Jedi's put it in their temple. And it was there for like, was it like hundreds of years or just a it's, few years? It, it's hard to say. It was an unspecified time. And then a bunch of Mandalorians decided, we want it back. And so they raided the temple and got the Darksaber. And ever since then, it's had a lot of wilders. And you have to win it in battle. And if you win the Darksaber... You are the um, ruler of Mandalore, which basically, basically... You're the ruler of all Mandalorians. And uh, there really have been only a few who have really been said to wield it. Uh, One was Tari Vizsla, the first Mandalorian who was wielding it, the Jedi one. Then came Previsla, which he was the uh, the anarchist leader of the Mandalorians uh, during Clone Wars. Didn't he create Death Watch? Yes, he created Death Watch, uh, which was ac- actually the symbol on, Mandal- uh, on the, the Mandalorian's, Mandalorian's arm arms when he when he was found. a kid. When he was a kid, when they came to rescue him, when he was a kid in a flashback. Uh, but yeah, Previsla, he's, I think he's the direct, uh, ancestor of, uh, that, that, uh, big stormtrooper in, uh, episode three of the Mandalorian. Uh, he actually has the same voice actor, uh, the stormtrooper or the man, Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, the one with the big gun, the big Gatling gun. That's okay. Sorry, but uh, but 
Previsla was killed uh, by Darth Maul. Darth Maul had the dark saber until he uh, lost it running away from uh, ghosts or something like that. And it was picked up by Sabine Wren, who's a, another Mandalorian in Rebels. And, and then she gave didn't it. Did she just willed it for like a few months and then just? No, it was a it was a few years. Really? Yeah, it, it can't be that short a period of time. But she she used it for a little while. She was uh, bringing the houses all together, but she thought she was unworthy to wield it. So she gave it to Bo-Katan, the sister of Duchess Satine, who was of Duchess Satine was of the. Uh, new Mandalorians before uh, uh, she was uh, basically relieved of power during a coup. But her sister then wielded the Darksaber, and that was the last we saw of the Darksaber. And until appara- Moff Gideon. Uh, until until Moff Gideon. You have to talk right here, or else we can't hear you. Okay. So, Ma. Moff Gideon, he has it. Uh, in all honesty, yeah. So you gotta wonder, how did he get it? Is are we gonna see it? some sort of backstory here? Who knows? But um, wow. So Star Wars for all of you that didn't know, it's way bigger than the Skywalker's. It's way bigger than uh, Ray and um, her little uh, side story, but. Um, how she's basically the god of Star Wars. Yeah, so that that could be a whole nother episode. But we're a little bit, we've run a little bit long and we apologize. Um, if you have any ideas for a show or topic you'd like us to, to, uh, to talk about, um, or if you just want to comment, uh, maybe comment about your favorite Star Wars character, story, book, comic, uh, video game in the comments um that would be that'd be cool we'd like to um we'd like to hear from our audience and uh just thank you for for listening if you would like to leave a review uh please do so on uh itunes and join us uh next week for another episode of oh my geekers Geekers.